Good morning. Uh, welcome to this live webinar session on data science. Uh, we have with us three of our expert alumni who are active in this field. Uh, we have uh, Shiva, we have Shambho, and uh, Chalapan on uh, on the call. And uh, let's let's start off right now with maybe a quick introduction. Um, uh, Shiva, if you could maybe just tell us quickly about what you do and how you use data science in your uh, regular course of work. So I am I'm a founder of BCI Consulting. So we work with uh, companies and help them uh, in the process of monetizing the data. Uh, we typically start uh, for uh, uh, engagement with customers uh, through an introductory consultation. So in introductory consultation, we typically try and understand their business problems and also do a preliminary analytics of their data. So we uh, do mine their data. We use uh, you know Python standard Python libraries and uh, visualization tools such as Nine and Codefire to understand their data uh, in the first stage. And after understanding the data, we do some AI uh, proof of concepts with their organization to try and demonstrate uh, value of AI. And uh, in the final stage, we try and define an AI strategy for them and how they can scale AI uh, in their organization. So we have worked with uh, utilities and uh, technology uh, companies uh, and help them in the process of uh, adopting AI technologies. Right. Thanks, thanks, Shiva. Uh, Shambhu, maybe you could also uh, talk through what you uh, you do and how you use data science in your uh, field. Yeah, hi guys. Thank you, Shiva. Uh, guys, so I am uh, Shambhu, and I am I work for Oracle, uh, and I'm a part of the consulting team there. But I'm in sales. I'm not a consultant myself. Uh, having said that, uh, as a part of uh, because we keep meeting a lot of business people, we keep meeting a lot of uh, the CXOs. Uh, as a core part of the job, we do uh, consulting on uh, what we do in terms of, or, you know, how we can, uh, how Oracle is using data science for a lot of its products. Other than that, uh, I take some personal interest in this, and I, uh, from a business consulting level, there is uh, some readings that I do, and because the market intelligence that we gather, how the customers are trying to change. Uh, that's how I bring in the uh, a business understanding of uh, what could be possible at the point of time or what are the ideas floating at a very high level. Uh, I'm not a techie. Uh, I am uh, poor about products and uh, that's where I limit myself. I leave it to people like Shiva and others to, you know, in my organization to take up that role. Uh, Chalapan, can you maybe also uh, take us through what you do at, at Fidelity, how you use AI uh, in your regular work? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Shiva. So this is Chalapan here, and I am from PGP-18. And uh, so even before I would join IAMK, I had worked in a, a working in data science. And then um, after MBA, I again joined the same field. And I could clearly see the difference between working as a data scientist versus working as a business person with data science experience. And uh, I have been uh, in marketing uh, analytics. I've been in store optimization analytics in a digital company. Now I'm it's a financial institution, but my role is of HR analytics. Uh, slightly niche, and uh, it also keeps us very interesting here. Uh, so uh, in HR analytics, we work across the talent lifecycle of uh, an employee. So we have projects around uh, who should be hired, how they should be hired, which channel should they, which channel should we uh, coach them from, and then uh, in terms of what learning curriculum should be provided. Earlier, learning meant you have a portal and then employees log in and choose the course. Right now, we have personalized delivery of all the learning curriculum based on your skill set and based on where you might want to be in a couple of years you will be given personalized courses and then also three four years you get bored in your job where would you like to move to and Felty being this very large institution we have a lot of internal mobility roles opening up and we use analytics to help predict and suggest next roles for employees so uh, AI as such is not like a daily day-to-day -day bread, bread and butter for us we typically use uh, 
supervised machine learning simply because it gives us a lot of interpretability but yeah where and when and wherever we need ai and where it command use we do use it so uh, going into the questions so i've got a list of uh, a few questions here and this is also for the audience if you have any questions just uh, put them in the live chat uh, section on your screen Uh, so one of the questions we got was how do we even start in this field for someone who's completely new to this field how how would you start um shiva would you would you like to uh, take that and uh, yes. on how someone can start in this yes uh, so uh, i mean obviously i mean we know that you know there are a lot of uh, online courses available which uh, give us a good understanding of uh, which could give us a good understanding of what ai is i would personally recommend uh, you know ai for everyone codes by andrew ng as a good starting point it's a course in coursera which gives you an overview of what is ai what is data science what is the difference between ai and uh, you know data science and uh, from more from a business standpoint it's not a uh, technical course it's more a business kind of course and uh, if you find that uh, you know you still have an inclination towards ai technologies then i mean you will have to look at your background whether you have done programming at any point in your life have you done i mean uh, have you learned uh, programming even at uh, a high school level or at a plus 2 level i mean that also kind of gives you some background on programming if you have some background on programming uh, i would recommend uh, you know taking a few basic uh, python courses and refresh whatever you have learned maybe c or c++ if you have some background then you can maybe grasp uh, a bit of python as well and uh, then maybe take a few basic uh, you know uh, machine learning or you know data science courses maybe start with data science courses if you don't have any business analytics background if you have some business analytics background then it kind of helps i mean if you have done if you have looked at uh, outputs of clustering or have if you have plotted some basic data i mean even if you are a business analyst say in the field of hr where you are looking at you know uh, how many people are in bench or you know uh, how how many people should be queue progression you have created some basic charts these are all like basic uh, data analytics steps if you have done it and if you found it interesting then maybe you can learn a bit of uh, python and then do some basic uh, machine learning courses again uh, i'm a big fan of andrew personally so i would uh, recommend his courses in coursera so he has a machine learning courses uh, which you can maybe take after finishing a few uh, python courses uh, python again you know there are a lot of uh, courses so i can't keep endorsing coursera maybe you know others can also comment on it and if you are not if you don't have any computational background uh, then maybe r might be a better platform and then there are some tools like uh, nime which kind of uh, which helps you with analytics without uh, doing any coding spotfire is also uh, fairly you know um, non technical kind of platform where you can do uh, uh, basic visualization and basic analytics and uh, i think nime even allow us to do a data cleaning and uh, you know some machine learning models and it's free so you can download and install it in your laptop and you know uh, if you are already in analytics domain or did uh, some business domain where you are dealing with some kind of data whether it's sales or something else you can plot some visualization try forecasting a few things on your own and see you know how much it interests you and if you it really interest you then you can actually get a fairly good idea on basic aspects by taking these courses then uh, i mean later um, uh, you should be able to find some use cases in your organization which you can start working on i mean that's i believe is a, a different problem altogether and i mean if you get advanced then there are a lot of uh, problems being floated in platforms like kaggle you know where there is a lot of data and the problem statement defined and you can uh, try them out okay so one question that uh, i've heard a lot of person i'm sure you've also heard it is uh, python versus r now uh, how would you say like how do you evaluate the two i know you kind of touched upon it but if oh. you can also go in little more detail on you know what is python used for what is r used for and is there some other good starting point that would be useful 
I mean, uh, the thing with programming languages is it, it keeps uh, evolving. And many times uh, people who, you know, start programming and even programmers find uh, languages which are, uh, which has higher level abstractions better. So, you know, I can do, I can write three lines of code using, let's say, uh, Python. And if I can write two using, let's say, Scala or Go, people might prefer the two line, uh, you know, I mean, at least people at the entry level, they might prefer the uh, uh, Scala or Go compared to Python. And similarly, uh, another aspect is how yeah, how user-friendly the language is. So Python is fairly easy for anyone who has done some programming in other languages. But if you don't have any programming experience, and if you are looking for commands like, you know, select this data from this column, which is more, you know, descriptive, which is more like a database query, then uh, R will be a good language. But uh, in terms of, uh, if you're looking at uh, the power of language, then I believe that uh, Python, you can do a lot more things than R uh, because you know it gives you the flexibility. And at this point, uh, Python has a lot of libraries even for machine learning and deep learning, which I don't think that you know it's that developed in the R environment. But if you're looking at uh, basic statistics, let's say you want to, uh, you know, do clustering, some linear regression, you know, some basic stuff you can still do in R. And to be frank, I mean, even now, considering the data maturity of most of the companies, uh, learning R and, you know, applying that data, applying those skills is still the starting point. So R is really easy to learn for someone who is coming from a non-programming -back, non background and it still has applications. But if you have a bit of programming background, then I would recommend that you know you pick up uh, Python so that you know in future uh, it would be easy. And again, this ecosystem will keep evolving, so there will be new languages, and uh, the new languages will ha may have better libraries. So I think right now Go and Scala is uh, considered better than Python, I believe, by many people. So. I think it's a continuous ecosystem and you'll have to keep learning if you have to uh, stay, uh, you know, updated with this ecosystem. All right, uh, Chenepin, would you like to add any of this on? Uh... Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, thanks for asking. So, uh, I mean, uh, the two points of Shiva had in terms of easy and in terms of scalability are bang on. I mean, as a starter, you would pick a tool which is most comfortable to you. R, if you're completely new to programming. Python, if you want to make it that bit easier. Uh, but uh, if you take a step back and understand why Python is famous today and why Python R was famous few years back, it's primarily because you 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 get that much support from the uh, open source community. If you were to go, uh, let's take an example of Julia. That's like a new command line language coming up. And uh, everybody believes in five years down the line, it's probably going to be much more famous than Python. But right now, as of today, uh, in terms of search query, in terms of Googling skills, you might not be able to get all your queries resolved. In Python, you can because at least thousands and hundreds of people have gone through the same error you are noticing in your programming language right now. So when you're starting, yeah, R, Python is all are two great options. But once you've started being a uh, decision scientist, data scientist, uh, yeah, if you want to make your future uh, uh, your skills future proof then yeah you have to start continuously keep learning things move on to the next question and this is also something which people ask a lot and that is about mostly for people who've been working for uh, say five to ten years or even beyond that maybe 15 years of experience in a different field and their main question is is it too late to start off now or if they want to move into data science what should they do what should they learn and also how you know how do you actually approach this so uh, Shiva, I think, uh, can you take this maybe if, you're, if you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, so um, basically the question is whether 15 years work experience, whether it's a good starting point for AI, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, once you are 15 years into any organization and if you're progressed, I believe you would be most likely a senior manager or that kind of employee where you will have some responsibilities maybe to some extent, some p responsibilities as well. So 
uh, I think it largely depends on which domain uh, you are working on. Let's say you are in an operations domain, then uh, in any business operations, let's say CEO or below, you know, you would definitely require some data science skills because, uh, uh, you know, you will have to find new opportunities uh, within your organization. And at this point of time, the best way to do it is by looking at data, either historical data or, you know, uh, data collected from other sources. So I would recommend that everyone should have a basic awareness of data. So nothing is stopping you from doing uh, a few online courses and, you know, understand what is data science and, you know, what is AI, what are the applications. And again, to what extent to, to you know, the technical skills of AI, you know, in terms of programming or in terms of actually building a model. I mean, those skills, I believe, uh, right now it's highly valued, but uh, over a period of time with, the, you know, there are too many online courses and there are so many people who are taking up all these online courses. So right over a period of time, I believe the demand for uh, the AI ML engineers uh, will go down and it will be people who can conceptualize, you know, the problems and then, you know, uh, set up a team who can work on those problems and then solve those problems for them will have a higher demand. And that's what, you know, somebody senior should be able to do. So basic understanding of, let's say, you know, uh, any uh, AI model is basically a function. And uh, if you pull in data, if you are, uh, if there is a problem where, you know, uh, there are certain data points and you and your solution is a function of that data points uh, and you I mean any domain you take you know you will be looking at data uh, that's what I said you know if somebody is in operations let's say somebody is in logistics they will be working and uh, on a lot of uh, data points uh, such as uh, track distances the maintenance how to you know schedule uh, uh, you know, deliveries, all this, all this stuff, and they will already have some tools. So uh, one aspect which they can look at is what are the data points which they already have. And based on that data points, are they making the right decisions? And if they're making decisions using data, well, how accurate are those decisions? Can we improve the accuracy of those decisions using uh, either data science or AI or machine learning? So that level of understanding and what uh, and uh, you know what are the different types of uh, you know uh, machine learnings which they can have? How can you evaluate the performance of a particular machine learning model? I mean that level of understanding is something uh, they should develop and 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 if they have to be valued in an organization. But there are domains like you know sales where you know relationships are more important where you know it may not have that much value but i personally believe that everybody should have a basic understanding of AI. okay so uh, if uh, if we kind of try to break this down how would someone go about getting this information because like you said there are lots of courses for uh, mm -hmm. to learn languages or uh, particular skills but this is a little more nuanced so how would someone actually do this i mean uh, like I said, there are generic courses like AI for Everyone is one example, which I recommend personally to everyone, the course by Andrew Ng, which is not very technical, but covers the basics. Then there are some, uh, I mean, some other courses as like, uh, like you know, there is a data science course, uh, University of San Diego, which is, uh, which kind of is not very technical. So you, maybe, you know, what I would recommend is not to go through the technical stuff. I mean, oh. there is a course, there will be technical stuff and business stuff. So many courses allow you to audit the courses. At least Coursera has that course. So you don't have to pay money for it. So you can go through the non-technical part of it, understand it, and then leave the technical part out. And I think there are also courses, I believe, uh, taken a course, I think AI for business, I believe, also one of the courses which I personally have taken later but there are courses which are a bit more business oriented and even technical courses typically start with a business level introduction the good i mean the better ones they don't dive into technical details 
and uh, i mean uh, even antru has a course on structuring machine learning projects which i believe is uh, not about uh, how you should do coding and it's more about how you should evaluate a machine learning projects uh, uh -huh. it's also in course so there are courses for that as well so i typically uh, recommend having a basic understanding and there are a lot of blogs as well blogs podcast i mean there is a lot of good podcast also on ai applications ஒரு and i will also connected to what shiva was mentioning about the business aspect and the technical aspect uh, so if you uh, look so so let's let's take a step back look at 15 years ago i mean uh, today tools like an erp are probably the most common tools any organization thinks to have you know and uh, uses uh, at the drop of a hat you know uh, no rocket science in using an erp or you know a portal or some sort of workflows in an organization if you look at 15 years ago this were and i remember when i started off my career i used to talk to a lot of cxos a uh, simple uh, tasks like you know expense approval or holiday approval used to be and doing the automations of those used to be rocket science you know there used to be major business cases for you know the chief hrs or you know uh, the you know the bosses of the organizations even the finance people because they used to get a lot of uh, insights into the patterns and all those things they used to get some report then some point solutions used to start coming as you know uh, the bi tools while bi tools have sustained and a lot of there are a lot of uh, good bi tools available which are beyond erp or crm sort of applications the applications in itself have become they themselves provide a lot of reporting which today's terms we call as static reporting are not like the data science that we are talking about it's a level beyond those sort of reportings uh, so things that we look at separate solutions today they become integrated and they become a part of uh, probably standard tools and standard offerings and become de factos so either you are from the business side or technical side of things uh, today we looking at ai as a different tool or you know, analytics as a different tool uh, you know and there are other uh, so these, these are more of decision enabling or decision making tools where the erps and the crms have more of become you know uh, places where you can complete your tasks where you can store your data or you know you can see your static information uh if you start looking at how this ai and analytics and you know uh, overall automation uh, are moving at and the way i see it and how i think we all should see it uh, because the learning is for today you might learn some tools being a technical person or if you are a business person you might be looking at some business cases but i think you should uh, and we all should you know start looking at the big picture how it's going to evolve because uh, a lot of tasks that are being done in the business sense are going to get automated firstly and they are going to be autonomous as the you know as the technologies become more and more robust uh and that's already kind of also happening if you look at the erp tools they are becoming more and more uh, uh, organizations are trying to use the open source technologies and trying to bring in microservices and not bring in those monolithic applications so there is already a sense in uh, the monolithic applications who are trying to break these things up trying to in integrate with uh, this new tools coming up and there will be a lot of innovation happening in these tools also so a lot of this organization the oracles or the microsofts or the sap's of the organizations will start coming up and integrating this kind of tools on their own uh, whereas there are a lot of open source tools and and if you look at the history of innovations in it 
it was always that open source came up with fresher and newer ideas and you know and breakthrough ideas and they have become more and more formalized through you know enterprise level uh, you know well marketed tools so uh, yes i think one should uh, while uh, shivas and uh, chelapan's points on the, the tools available today are extremely important and i keep hearing about them there is a lot of excitement but if you are looking from the business side of it and you are trying to look at some future full proof on that i think uh, as you look at your customer solution if you are a technical person or if you are looking at as a business person a solution for your own organization i think these are some things that you should keep in mind uh, while you know uh, doing something for your client or doing something for your organization great all right thanks thanks so much for that shambhu moving on to the next one it's uh, it's kind of related this is for more senior manager people who don't want to learn the technical aspects so would you have any uh, suggestions on uh, on how they can use data science and how they can get up to speed on this yes, yes. so i will extend uh, the same thing you know uh, so like like a person like me i mean Uh, i have been into business side for my entire career you know for me to go and learn python even though i don't i don't know how simple it is i think that's going to be a uphill task you know i just can't do that and i am sure there is a large uh, pool of people like me who are going to be there uh, who don't understand or who are not willing to take the pain of learning languages at this age or at this experience level uh, we are going to depend on people to get this thing through us uh i think what one should start doing is to look into your core domains if you are in the manufacturing domain start looking at those try thinking of areas where you can automate where you can bring in uh, which are the mundane tasks what you can uh, uh probably you know bring in a lot of data where you have a lot of data captured bring in a data science build on some artificial intelligence and you know or try talking to people like shiva or chelapan within your own own organizations and try to see how you can get those things done and that's how you are going to get visibility within your organization whereas you are going to bring in the benefits to your own organizations also uh, so and the same happens if you are into any of the verticals you know try to use your vertical knowledge and try to see what you can change within the organization with your technologies i think that should be the way of thinking for a business person uh, uh with no prior technical experience got it great thanks uh, shiva would you like to also add on this on how a senior person who doesn't want to learn technical aspects can manage uh, data science application understood so uh, like uh, shambhu said like there are multiple domains let's say manufacturing is uh, one domain where uh, ai has a lot of potential so let's say you are managing a plant you will have a lot of i'm taking an example so it could be applicable for anyone in any domain so you will have uh, uh, let's say you are operating some machinery so you will have a lot of data coming from the machine and you will be relying on your operations manager and your subject matter subject matter experts uh, understanding of this machinery right now to operate your plant and any organization or any operations will have some kind of metrics which you will use to keep track of uh, performance of all this machinery so one question which uh, you should uh, keep asking your team is how i mean which i believe almost all managers ask is how can you improve on those uh, performance metrics so if their answer is uh, something like you know this is the best we can do with the systems we have or uh, you know uh, i mean this is a simple rule it's a fuzzy logic or you know based on whatever understanding we have and based on the software which is there within the tools this is the best we can do our uh, performance in terms of benchmarks are not at a global level so when i say performance let's say your cost per unit of production of that particular unit may not be comparable with others then you have a problem and that possibly can be solved using data science because your team possibly is not using data science they are relying on their knowledge or they are using data science to some extent 
then you will have to look at uh, your your ecosystem you'll have to look at it from a systems point of view and see what all data points are getting captured in that system and are we using all those data points for the decisions which you are making in that particular manufacturing process and if all data points are not being used why they are not being used i'm just uh, i mean giving you one uh, way of uh, looking at things and then uh, you know understand why you know those data points are not being used are they actually useful let's say we pull up all those data points will it get give better decisions so any ai system typically is something which can model a function better than humans i mean that's where you know ai has good applications so if a human can make a decision using three points and if you are using some assumptions or some thumb rules for making a decision maybe ai can model that function better and give you better results that's a thumb rule which you can actually use to find these problems and then you know uh, uh, create those uh, small data science projects and typically what we tell our customers you start small you know show some results maybe hire one guy or hire a contractor to do on data science project and then scale it and before scaling it ensure that you know you are capturing all data points at a frequency which is recommended by someone from this field this got is it for, yeah i would recommend they go about it okay to expand a little bit on that point right suppose so because if a manager wants to um create a team expand on this uh, because they themselves don't have the skills they want to hire people uh this how would you recommend they go about it should they first try to um maybe go uh, outsource it to someone should they hire one or two people should uh, what kind of profiles if if you have any ideas on that i think uh, at this point of time if you are uh, tentative i believe it's better to go with uh, a consulting firm or you know there are a lot of small companies with some expertise maybe startups are there you know who are building their own product but they may not have sufficient funding so they would like to you know give their resources for some services as well there are a lot of companies i mean typically registered with the startup ecosystem so i would recommend relying on them to start a project and once you start a project you get a good understanding you believe that there is a value in it then you actually you know devise an ai strategy and if it's a critical problem like you know if it's a manufacturing operations then i would recommend that you know you build your own core team and then rely on a third party platform in that particular domain or build your own platform based on the availability of the uh, you know of a platform in that particular domain uh, if it's a core service i would recommend that you know uh, the next step will be to build your team because it could be a differentiator for you in the future so there is the standard you know ai network effect where you know you have more data and it becomes a competitive advantage for you so if it's that kind of domain then it would make sense maybe to build your own team and you know scale it rather than give it to a third party because then that third party might have that advantage not you trust me i would say start small probably go to a company very small startup which can give the services to you which will give you an idea they will start educating you as well and then set up a team if you think cost of setting up a team will be much lesser than going to a third party end of it otherwise but yeah uh, i mean I'm, i would like to quote andrew ng here again uh, he says uh, data science is a new electricity just like how electricity revolutionized industrialization data science is going to almost every service company every product company so the sooner you are on board better it is for you i love chelapong's point on data science is a new electricity you know and that's a very fantastic statement i heard and that fantastically tells how you are going to consume data science you know there are going to be very few people who build the electricity i don't need to learn how to build electricity you know i just need to know how to switch on the light and what do i need electricity for and i think as the thing matures more there will be more and more users who need to come up and understand how to make more use of it where you know you have to bring in your domain expertise Uh, same thing that happens into other you know uh, large uh, intelligent applications of organizations now those erps and all already have the intelligence built in over last 15 20 years of time uh, so that's ready uh, still you need different sort of people like functional and technical consultants 
and there are business guys who work on this i think this is going to be similar uh you don't need to know how to manufacture electricity you just need to know how to use that electricity and consumers will be more than you know people producing it there is one ex- another new question which has come on auto ml uh shiva do you have any views on this uh, the question is uh, uh, is it going to make the role of data scientist redundant i mean uh, there is a lot of hype around uh, specifically deep learning and uh, reinforcement learning and auto ml as a field so i mean just to uh, give you a bit, bit of background so there is this uh, basic cons- uh, construct uh, called uh, neural network which is similar to neurons in your brain and the fundamental idea is that uh, i mean this when you combine the small uh, neurons mathematical equivalent of neurons you can build something like a brain i'm actually simplifying things it's not uh, theoretically like that and that brain can be very powerful and it can do you know quite a lot of computation provided that you know you have sufficient data so basically the idea is you know you will have a black box uh, you give it uh, sufficient uh, you know data it can learn a lot of things on its own so that's the fundamental premise of uh, you know deep learning and uh, with deep learning uh, uh typically when we are training a model you will have to manually change a lot of uh, parameters uh so uh you, you call that you know fine tuning hyperparameter tuning etc uh so now what many companies are trying to do including google with uh, their auto ml platforms is to have multiple de- you know of the small small training models and have another model which will do the hyperparameter tuning so that you know uh, essentially it's auto ml so you will have a supervisory kind of uh, software i mean if you think uh, think of it in software model you will have a supervisory model managing multiple models and helping you pick the right model so um, at this point i don't think that you know we will have to worry about a scenario like that because we have not reached that level of sophistication those there are examples uh, in reinforcement uh, learning i mean uh, where you know they have achieved uh, some res- good results which was actually uh, covered and i think this google io but uh, i still believe that uh, we need uh, data science to understand historical data and still interpretability of models which is a big problem in deep learning which still needs to be addressed because if some results are coming out of a black box uh, you know people may not accept that particular result without proper reasoning so with the current constraints i don't see you know auto ml going to eliminate data scientists uh, but uh, definitely there are applications which uh, where you know auto ml can help you and uh, still you know auto ml also require prepared data so it's data mining data preparation feature selection all that makes sense and auto ml will possibly make sense only for applications where you have accumulated a huge amount of data i mean this is not an immediate thing at least from if you are looking yeah. at your, from career point of view right okay yeah. right yeah uh, so now moving on actually to the cv aspect so and then we've got a lot of questions um a question was from uh, someone who says that they've done some data crunching data modeling experience on excel and also trained on sql whether this qualifies as data science uh, experience and uh, this is something i guess uh, uh, i mean a lot of people would also like to know because a lot of us have our experience with this so if any of you have any views on on this i mean um i mean definitely it qualifies as data analysis because you are analyzing data using excel and that gives you some base i mean nobody can dispute that uh, but uh, i mean the problem is like uh, i believe shampo had a point i mean there is something called ai effect right i mean uh, like what he was talking about i mean things evolve over a period of time so earlier you know playing chess was a big deal right so initially when we had uh, you know a computer program which could play chess it was like wow you know can actually play chess now if i tell someone that you know this is a sophisticated ai system then you know they 
my you know give me gali and say you know this is not ai because you know everybody you know even my everyone has this you know chess playing software so the definitions uh, you know in almost any domain like you know it evolves over a period of time so at this point i believe when you say data science they are expecting a bit more than just you know excel skills but excel skills are definitely valued and uh, if you have excel and sql skills it's very easy to you know transfer it to a visualization tool like spotfire or nine and it's about uh, spending maybe half an hour and you know i i'll be surprised i mean when i started i also started in excel so when i started using let's say spotfire or nine i mean it was very easy for me I mean, if you have SQL and you know, if you have an understanding of Excel, you can easily transition to a more powerful tools, which can handle larger amount of data. I think one key limitation with Excel is the number uh, number of rows of data which it can handle, and you know, um, other tools kind of uh, uh, you know take care of that limitation. But uh, the insights which you get from Excel, a pivot table, or you know, even some simple regressions which you can do. SPSS, all that is still meaningful. It's just that you know the volume of data which it can handle as a limitation, and the number of uh, functionalities is better in other tools. Got it. Great. Uh, one other question is uh, statistics knowledge of, and that's so. There's one the statistics. There's the knowledge of the database, there's coding, and there's domain knowledge. Uh, so among these four things, how would you rank uh, uh, rank these skills? I guess. Uh, for a particular career, which should you focus on more? Uh, okay, domain knowledge is slightly dicey because it ultimately depends on the role you are being interviewed for, and if you are looking for a job interview. But otherwise, yeah, uh, assuming it's the case, domain knowledge comes first, then comes statistics, then comes coding knowledge, and finally maybe database knowledge. Okay, so the understanding the data would be, I guess, I mean something you can pick up faster, right? Uh, yes, was- and. Uh, the data form, the data structure, how complex it is, or how easy it changes with the domain you're working for. If it's the, if it, let's say you're working for a digital company, the data is going to be much more differently structured than when you're working for, let's say, maybe a HR analytics firm. So oh. as long as you have basic statistics and you have a, a eye for data, if I would call it, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you are ready for that. Great. All right. Thanks. So then, uh, another uh, the another standard question which people have, of course, is on building a CV. What makes uh, a particular CV stand out, especially nowadays, because there are so many different platforms, there are different uh, ways of accessing it. One is, of course, you have your Coursera and kind of self-led models, and then you have uh, Great Learning, like uh, the platform that we have partnered with, also, which has uh, instructor-led, a lot more, a lot more structured, and it's got uh, a project, for instance or you may pick up something at work itself, or you may just do a YouTube video. You could also get certifications if you want um, on CFO Coursera. There are different ways of approaching this. Uh, so if you do you have any tips on how someone can actually create a CV and make it stand out, what if you were to hire someone, what are the things that you would look for in a CV? Okay, so uh, I mean, uh, we do a bit of hiring for our team and uh, not often we get uh, very experienced data science folks for our interviews. Mm-hmm. So what we certainly look for is some bit of experience, not just from a work perspective, but from uh, if they've taken a course or anything. And from that's where uh, signing up for a uh, like an in-house tutorial or signing up for uh, maybe YouTube session or deeplearning.ai sessions or Coursera, that helps. Uh, that is one brownie point, certainly. Certification, yes. But uh, one more thing that might help you help your CV stand out is if you have used your skills in actually uh, building a model or if you have been curious enough to use it in the data you have, not just from some data you might have pulled out of Kaggle, rather some data out of your work, like your day-to-day job. How improvised was it your effort? Hope that Got answers. It. Yeah, great. So, so uh, for instance, if, I'm just trying to think through this. If if I'm at a uh, in a career which is a little non-technical, I can actually put together some skills that I pick up from somewhere else, pick up data from work, and try to create a data science project uh, yes, out of yes. it. One way to approach it. Let me uh, make it a little more specific. Let's say you are in a B two B job. Let's say you are like in a distribution based job. 
uh, even more specific, maybe something like a nation paints rule where you are responsible for distributing paints across regions in let's say Tamil Nadu. Uh, you certainly have a lot of data around how many paint buckets you sold, what has been the product like in terms of movement. What have you done with that data? Have you tried predicting it? Have you tried, ex ex uh, I mean, have you tried predicting it two, three months in advance? Have you done any geographical analytics around it? Uh, that's all we look out for. Great. Okay, thanks. So that's, uh, that's good to know. Uh, Shiva, do you have any views on this on how to hire someone? What skills you would look for? Uh, what I believe what people tend to do is look for uh, shortcut courses. So there are some courses where you know, you can just copy paste a few lines of code and do something fairly advanced. So I mean, those courses, I can't name them, but uh, and then you know, if you advertise yourself as a data scientist, ML engineer, or DL engineer, and if you add maybe, you know, experience to that, then that's something which uh, we won't, we will consider as a negative. So I'm just uh, talking about a few things which we need to be careful while taking online courses and when we advertise ourselves as a experienced data science engineer. And again, it depends on what kind of uh, profile we are trying to hire for. Uh, let's say I'm trying planning to hire a, a, I mean, a machine learning engineer, the kind of profiles I look at, I might look at his uh, Kegel profile and see whether he has done any competitions. I might, you know, give him a few, uh, I might share some data with him and, you know, ask him to share a deck on that. I mean, these are the things which I might uh, try out with uh, someone whom I'm planning to hire for analytics. Uh, and uh, if you want to build your CV, I think uh, like, uh, you know, uh, Shirley highlighted, we can maybe uh, highlight those courses that definitely help. And second part uh, is maybe, uh, you know, during the interview, highlight a few pieces where you have applied data and, uh, and how you are, uh, you know, how you become interested in data, you know, you'll have to highlight those two points. And most of the times, you know, at least recently, what I have seen is you will be given a problem and asked to give a solution to that problem. And if you advertise yourself as a machine learning engineer or deep learning engineer, you can expect uh, tougher questions. And if your, uh, if your answer is based on certain templates, people can find out. So I've seen a lot of, I mean, I work with customer teams as well. So many times I have seen wrong hires in these uh, teams where, you know, someone would have advertised himself as a data scientist. And when I speak to him, you know, he just knows some jargons. And uh, I mean, that will change over a period of time. But sadly, what I've seen is many times these guys end up hiring more people. And, you know, that will become... I mean, a relatively bad effect on the entire organization. So, I mean, that is something which I have seen, which we will have to try and avoid. So when you build your CVs, don't oversell skills, you know, after doing a few courses. That is something which I would like to add to what Shambhu said. Oh, great. Uh, all right, so then I guess, uh last question we just have three minutes left is there any particular skill sets which you think are uh, uh, people have a shortage of right now in the kind of CV? yeah most of the cvs they come loaded with jargons uh, almost everybody's trying to oversell which has become a norm and we can accept it but uh, what many are missing is the basic skills for example if i were to ask what is a statistical test that will differentiate two sets of data they are they draw a blank i mean that's like one of the basic things you should know about so maybe if you could fortify your basic statistical knowledge, maybe you had it and you forgot, uh, that would really help from a hiring manager perspective. One point that typically stands out in terms of good hiring of techies is, you know, uh, obviously having some level of domain knowledge where they understand what a certain project or a certain uh, activity is trying to achieve, you know, uh, as the final goal. A lot of uh, very good technical people who are very good in their skill set, you know, probably know their language or their tool excellently. They need a lot of, uh, they need to be told a lot in terms of uh, what they need to be done, which becomes often troublesome for customers uh, 
to explain because the customer would speak the business language and the ticket does not understand what he's talking about. Uh, so I think, uh, but, but technical skills, a person who has a willingness and the attitude to learn and knows the basics, he'll be able to pick up those things, you know. So I think if you are trying to grow into any sort of technology aspect, I think the people who have been growing are the people who understand uh, some level of business, some level of domain knowledge. They are not ex expected to be experts. They are SMEs for domain, domains. But at least know what the organization is trying to achieve and trying to fit in their tasks into uh, what they are doing. So, yeah. So one point, I mean, on appeal to everyone, I mean, if, if you are managing teams and if you are collecting some kind of data about your customers, about your machines or anything, check your uh, data retention policy, as in how much data are you storing? And if it's, uh, if it's let's say, a week's data or a month's data, and you know, at what interval you are storing this data, are you aggregating it? Check your data retention policy and maybe ensure that, you know, you are collecting sufficient historical data. Because many times, you know, what I see is uh, there are many organizations who potentially collect a lot of data and then discard it. So, and if you are in a position where you can control it, then, you know, let, you know, just buy a few more servers and let the data sit there so that in future it would be easier for you to apply AI. Thanks, Thanks a lot, everyone. Um, as you all know, this is the first time you're trying this. So, I really thank um, Shiva, Shambho, Chilip, and all of them for joining us on this and everyone who's uh, listening to this as well. Um, based on how we will plan on how this has gone, we'll probably plan on a few more sessions. So uh, definitely let us know what you would like to uh, like more sessions on, on. And if you have any further questions, you can just mail in at our uh, email ID. Anyway, great, um, great having you all here today. Uh, have a great weekend. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone. Bye bye. यहाँ यूँ ज़िंदगी की सांस चलती है, बादलों में क्लास चलती है. Hey guys, listen to the I am Kori Code anthem बादलों में क्लास on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Hangama and many more streaming platforms.